You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. And today, let's give you a quick preview, quick recap, everything you need to know going into Colorado. Texas A&M has already arrived in Denver. They will kick off tomorrow at 2.30 Central Time right here in Texas. That way, you can watch it right before the end of the night. But before we talk about any of that may still listening to the ultimate season preview 2020-21 because it's not too late yes the nfl season started last night congratulations to the tampa buccaneers Dak prescott had a really good game though doesn't really matter make sure you are tuning in though for all previews recaps every team every division every analysis from the local experts on the odyssey nfl channel when you search the ultimate mock draft 2021 preview today on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems as always, if you love what you're listening to, if you love this show, especially all of you on Tegna trying to join in on the conversation, make sure you give me a follow at Mr. Cole Thompson, name right down there below. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to make this from a quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12 main related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes and listen on Spotify. And if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So, Colorado, Texas A&M, this is a game that I think a lot of people are excited for. I think more importantly, it's a game that brings back a little bit of history. Remember that these two teams used to play in the Big 12 all the way up until 2010. In 2011, Colorado left for the Pac-12. One year later, uh, A&M left for the SEC. So we know the implications here. We know that there's a lot of animosity between these two. They haven't played since they've departed from the Big 12. They were supposed to have that home-v-home schedule game last year. It just didn't pan out, only due to, you know, naturally what it was. But at the end of the day, this is going to be a really fun, interesting game, in my opinion, because of you have two teams, one of which is going to be ranked really high going into the year, that being Texas A&M, who comes in as the number five team, one who could be surprising a lot of people. Listen, uh, Carl Durrell understands what it means to be coaching at the professional level. He was a wide receivers coach for the Miami Dolphins when Mel Tucker left in the middle of the night to head East Lansing to become the head coach of the Michigan State Spartans. Now you have an opportunity to go get another coach. They could have gone with a bigger name. Instead, they went with a smaller name who Kirsty has the ties and he actually was very successful last year. A 4-2 and two record. They lost uh, one of those games. They went 4-1 and one in SE, uh, back 12 play. The only game that they lost that was like really a big prominent game was against Texas in the Alamo Bowl. And they kept it close for the entire first half. It was that second half surge from Casey Thompson and the Longhorns offense that really stabilized what the what Houston was, I mean, what the Texan Texas was doing on the way to a championship. So congratulations to them, I guess. But they got a win. And I'm going to win. Both showed a little bit of weakness last week. Now, who are some players that you're going to want to take a very close eye on for this Colorado team? Let's start off with the running back, Jared Broussard. When you look at Jared Broussard, he is a name who is stable. The Dallas, Texas product last year had a standout freshman campaign. I think he was 500 yards. Let's see what it was. Um... 895 yards. Wow. Okay. Did not realize it was that high. For 6.7 yards per carry, he averaged um, 
He had an average, I think, about 17 uh, 17 carries per game, uh, five total touchdowns in the game against Northern Colorado. Once again, he kind of picked up the pace exactly where he left it off. 15 carries, 94 yards, 6.3 yards per carry, and a touchdown. Guy is really, really elusive. You got to watch his eyes. His eyes, his vision, his ability to read, react, hit the gap, and then use that home run speed is very evident. So if you are Aaron Hansford, if you are Andre White, Edron Cooper, Antonio Doyle, whoever is playing inside that that linebacker spot, that, that, that space linebacker, you have to make sure you're watching number 23 because 23 – can get past the line of scrimmage. And more importantly, you can have him kind of mixed in the trenches. You can have him go through that A-gap to where you think he's down, where you think the play is over. It's not. He's able to actually maneuver his way out, make a little bit of big-time moves inside of space, and then work his way up to that second and third level defense. He is going to be a dangerous player. Next up, Brendan Lewis. He is the new quarterback. Remember, Seth Moyer, Sam Moyer, that's his name. Sam Moyer transferred to Oregon State. He actually is no longer playing quarterback. He's actually playing strong safety for the Beavers because that's where they thought he was going to be best. So instead, Brandon Lewis, the redshirt freshman, comes in, uh, had a pretty decent game last week, did not get asked to do a lot against Northern Colorado. 10 of 15 passing, 102 yards, one touchdown. But again, guy is elusive. Guy can move. I think he finished the day with, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was around um, – 45 rushing yards. Yeah, 45, uh, 44 rushing yards, 4.5, uh, 5.5 yards per carry. There is a lot to like about him. He is a dual threat guy. He can move, and that might be what Durrell is looking for. He's looking for guys who can move. He's looking for guys who can pick up third sta- first downs. Ball control consistency. I talk about this all the time. Any single time you have a quarterback or you have a rushing attack that will allow you to constantly move the change, pick up the first down, continuously make plays, control the clock, that is dangerous. Brendan Lewis can work behind the line of scrimmage. He can work as a passer. He can work in the open field. Who's another name to watch for offensively? Levante Chenault. Now, you probably know that last name. Chenault, his older brother, Lavishka, plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Very shifty slot receiver. Levante came in last year, had a pretty decent year. Nothing to you know write home about, but um, what was it? I'm trying to remember what he had last year. Uh, like 17 catches. Yeah, yeah, he had 17 catches for 193 yards, but he averaged 12 yards per play. So this is your possessional receiver. When you think Chase Lane, think Levante Chenault. Little bit of a bigger body, six foot three. His brother's only I think five foot eleven, six foot on the dot. So a little bit bigger. Plays more the perimeter outside. This is going to be a real Jalen Jones. He's very much emerging as their true number one receiver. He had the most catches last week uh, with only two. Uh, but again, he also had 25 yards on the play. So, you know, th- there's not really a lot to go off there, but you do know that he is big. He is your kind of X receiver. So he's your possessional target and he can play bigger than his frame. So this is going to be a really fun matchup to watch for, for Jalen Jones, who is probably going to be the number one quarterback again. I don't know the status of Miles Jones yet. Yes, he did return to practice. Jim Fisher did not say if he was going to play in the game. It could just be a minor amount of reps. It could be the entire game. We will know more at first snap. When we look at the defense, you'll kind of get an understanding of who sits where on this team. Now, I want to talk about what are the keys to win for Texas A&M on top of who are maybe some defensive players to watch for. But before I do that, this episode of Lockdown Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a unique uh, unique flavor. It has everything that you really want for in a protein bar. I take one every single morning. You know, I have my morning show. I go to the gym right after, and I usually eat the peanut butter brownie one. So it doesn't really matter what flavor you have, whether it's coconut, cherry, barcia, 
raspberry, delicate mint, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, all that and much, much more. They're covered in 100% real chocolate and soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are great for people who are on the um, who are on the, uh, the the keto diet. They're great for anybody who is trying to lose or maintain weight because they have 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs. There's not a product like this out on the shelves. Go visit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to receive a 15% welcome bonus with your very first purchase. LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Stop eating the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies, Locked on Podcast Network. All right, let's go ahead and turn our attention to keys to victory for this game. I think there's a big one. There's one right out the gate that the guy everybody can talk about. Turn on. Kent State is out of that team. Kent State is far from that team. They're actually a very good team. I do believe that even though Dustin Crum had struggles, he didn't throw for 100 yards, he still is going to be a very solid quarterback this entire season in the MAC. But it's the Mac. The Mac is a lot less. Mac plays teams like Ball State. They play Toledo. They play um, Ohio. That, those are the Mac teams. When you look at the Pac-12, it's a completely different ball game. Lots of air raid, lots of spread offenses, lots of offenses that can use that can utilize the run, but a lot more that love to play the pass. Defense is not really their strong suit, but there are always a key to, key or two defensive player. USC always has a good defense back. Washington for years was really good defensively. Back when Colorado actually was playing for the Pac-12 title under Mac, Mac, Mike McIntyre four years ago, five years ago, I think it may have been, they had about four or five really good defensive backs. They had a really good safety named Tedrick Thompson. They had a really good cornerback named Akella Witherspoon. They had a really good number two cornerback named Isaiah Oliver. All the made to the NFL. You know, that after that, it doesn't really matter when you look at the college level, but they all made it to the NFL. They did a very good job playing in coverage, and this could be another team that does. Now, again, you got to remember, they played Northern Colorado. The Golden Bears or the Grizzlies or whatever their name is, they were not that great because they're an FCS school. I, I mean, Luke McCaffrey, I think it's – no, Ed McCaffrey, Ed McCaffrey, the former Broncos uh, Super Bowl wide receiver, is the head coach, and his son – Max McCaffrey, I think, is the quarterback of the team because of, again, he played Dylan McCaffrey, Dylan McCaffrey. He played at Michigan, fizzled out, went to go play for his dad. So it's a completely different ballgame up there. But they still were able to commit, I think, two turnovers, three turnovers on the day. Haynes King, he had three turnovers. I know that there's a lot to like about the kid. I think he is great. And I think that when you look time and time and time and time and time, the fact that he barely got any snaps last year, the fact that you know he hasn't really seen a real defense before sudden, you know, last Saturday, that played a part into it. And that's gonna play a part into it. And that, that's totally fine. But you can't have three turnovers against any power five defense. There's a reason why they're a power five school. You can't even really do that against the AAC either, because AAC defenses, unless you're getting as many turnovers back, it's not a fair fight. Anytime that you give a turnover, you have to get a turnover. Any single time that you give up a ball, you got to get a ball back. And AM may be able to get like five interceptions on this kid, on Brandon Lewis. They may be able to. They may be able to get a fumble recovery by getting getting a ball out by Derek Broussard. They may be able to do a lot of those things. But every single turnover you give up, you got to get one back. And the last thing you want to do is give up pointless turnovers like one in this game where Haynes King could. That's going to be the first key. You got to make sure that not only are you controlling the clock, but you also got to make sure that you are not losing the turnover battle. Haynes has got to be smart with the ball. If, if at any point Jim Fisher goes, you know what? This is not working. 
I don't think you put in Zach Calzada just yet. I don't. But you got to trust the run game. Quick slants, card outs, quick ins, little things like that. Keep ball control. This is a very good third down team. Last year, Texas A&M finished, I think, number one or number two in the country in third down efficiency with a 67% success rate. Last game, they finished with a 69.2% success rate against Kent State. They were able to move the ball 9-13 on third down. You want to be able to see that again. You cannot let this defense take advantage of a young quarterback. So that's key number one. Number two, you got to be able to stop the run. They had five five players, I think. Let let me look through the list real fast. I'm like 99.9% positive. One, two, three, four, five. All right, so six running backs, all finished with over 20 yards. Six players, all over 20 yards on the day. They had five go over 30, four go over 40, two go over 50. You have to be able to stop the run. And the biggest thing is you're getting back Michael Clemens, which will help out through that BC gap area. Anytime that you're trying to extend a play, go with a... um, Go uh, go with an out route, you know, go go try and extend it on the outside, go through the C-gap. You're going to have Clemens, you're going to have Leal taking over that spot. The problem is you don't have McKinley Jackson back. Jackson will not be playing in this game. It's due to the school. It's not due to, uh, it's not due to Jimbo Fisher. He's not holding him out. It's due to the school. So you have to be able to close that gap. Isaiah Rakes has to step up. Shamar Turner has to step up. Dallas Walker has to step up. Uh, Effie needs to step up. All these players who are now playing in a rotation along with Jaden Peavy have to be able to step up and close that gap because it's going to be very important that if Jarek Broussard gets through that gap, you have to make sure the linebackers are playing up to speed. That's the last thing I want to do. I want the linebackers to be playing close to the line of scrimmage, not playing back because they're afraid that the running back is going to make a lot of plays. So you have to trust that McKinley Jack- that the departure of McKinley Jackson will be able to have help. The, the, the fact that McKinley Jackson will be able to help this team, should be careful. That's exactly what you want to do. And the problem is, you saw last week. You all saw it. I saw it. I didn't like it. It wasn't fair, but it's the reality of it. We saw last week, A&M without that big, big thumper linebacker and Buddy Johnson and McKinley Jackson, who plays that nose tackle, is susceptible to the run. And this is one of the best run defenses in the NFL, I mean, in the college football realm right now. They are so dang good. They allowed the Golden Flashes to have over 200 yards of rushing. That cannot happen again. That just that it's, that just cannot happen again. I understand if you don't win third down efficiency, if you keep allowing these guys to run up the clock, I understand that. But you got to be able to – you can't give up 200 rushing yards. You have to keep it under 110. 110 or lower is what the game plan is. Make it under 110. What's my third key of the game? I would have to say don't let King be so reliable on his legs. You have to be able to stand inside the pocket, which means pass protection up front. It's another game with Jameer Johnson, like playing the left tackle spot, and it's another game with Bryce Foster, the freshman from Katie Taylor, playing that center spot. That means you now will have one, two, three, four new offensive linemen, three of which I believe are freshmen. Aki's a freshman. Bryce Foster's a freshman. Landon Robinson is a redshirt freshman. So yeah, they're all they're all either redshirt freshmen or they're true freshmen. Three freshmen playing your interior. You have to be able to block this defensive line. The outside, Ken Young Green, he should be fine. Jameer Johnson, he's played in the SEC. He should be fine. You got to be able to not allow the bull rush up the middle. I get it. King can extend plays with his legs. That is great. But you got to be able to have him stand in the pocket. One of the reasons he threw an interception was because if he was trying to do too much, 
He was trying to maneuver downfield. He was trying to look for his target. And instead, he was on the run, 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 not paying attention, throws it, doesn't see the safety fighting. Got it. Interception. That was his third one. The fact that he was rolling out is not a problem. It's the fact that his eyes aren't staying on the target. They're not staying on the field because he has to make sure that he's not getting attacked by the defensive lineman. Those are keys. Those are not negotiations. Those are keys you have to do. You have to be able to win the turnover battle. That means two turnovers or less, in my opinion. And if you do get more than, and if, if you give up two more, more than two turnovers, you have to get like five back. You have to. Number two, your run defense has to play strong. You have to make Brendan Lewis pass. This guy only threw for 105 yards last week against an FCS program. An FCS program. He is susceptible. He is going to struggle if you allow him to. But if he doesn't struggle, it's because of the run game is really doing its job. The run game is controlling the clock. The run game is controlling the time and possession. The run game is doing a little bit too much. You can't have that happen. And number three, pass protection up the middle. This is going to be a really, really, really big game for Bryce Foster, Aki, and for Layden Robinson. These are young interior pass protectors. You have to be able, if you want to be a championship caliber team this year, you have to block every single team. Middle, outside, doesn't matter. But this game alone, you got to be able to contain the middle. So before we go ahead and we talk about the next thing, did you know that 85% of people who play fantasy football actually lose? Well, it's actually not really that surprising because the game is rigged against you. It's always been rigged against you. You want to be able to try and get as much money as possible, but the game is trying to get more money out of you. So why instead, how about you go ahead and use this brand new app that we call Sprout? Sport Hero, um, Stat Hero, my bad, Stat Hero. The first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the players in control of winning its reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero will show you a lineup, then you get to go ahead and beat them. Yeah, that's just you. It's you versus the house. It's like playing online poker. You versus the house. You win money if you win it. They don't get that much money back if you win it. It's all about you winning money. You are in control. Stat Hero is the first daily fantasy sport league that is allowing you to be the way it's meant to play one-on-one. Play Stat Hero right now and beat the odds. Go visit stathero.com. Use the promo code Locked On to sign up for free, and you can get up to three times back your money on the first play. They are giving 300% of a match back. That's unheard of when you go play your first time on Stat Hero slash Locked On. That is Stat Hero slash Locked On. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. It's never too early to bet on college football or the SEC or Aggie football. All you got to do is make sure if you listen to the Locked on Podcast. With your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Make sure you get daily picks, wagers, and of course Lee's locks of the day. Everything you need to know about betting when you listen to the Locked on Bets Podcast presented by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast listening systems. All right, so let's go ahead and actually talk about the game itself. Texas A&M comes in at number five. They are going to the Mile High City. It is going to be a very, it's going to be a very different game. It really is. I actually believe that in this game, Haynes King is going to be able to show off that deep ball, and people are going to be really shocked because of again the altitude is going to help. That altitude is going to make a 15-yard pass go 25 yards if it has enough zip on it. So you got to make sure that not only you're winning with rhythm, you're winning with consistency. When you're trying to get let that ball go, you got to be able to get enough touch on it. You don't want to be too light to where, you know, boom, back, let it fly. And then when you're trying to go for a 25-yard pass, it goes for 45 yards. 
You also don't want it to come in too fast because of, again, the cold density could end up hurting you as well. So that's another thing you got to look for. King did not do bad last game. Let's get that out of the way. Everyone's, everyone who you know is reading my stuff at allaggies.com is saying I'm crapping on King. I'm not. I'm saying that he looks like a freshman. He looks like a first-year starter, and he did. 292 passing yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. Good numbers, not great numbers. You want to see better numbers. Colorado, you got to see Jarek Broussard break out. You got to see Brendan Lewis break out. You got to see uh, Levante Chenault. That's their trio. There's going to be things that you have to wonder about. My biggest key to victory, if I'm Texas A&M, I got to be able to win the run game. I have to be able to win the run game. Because right now, Haynes has got to figure things out. That's just what it is. He has to be able to figure out how he's going to play this position. Is he going to be a guy that relies on quick passes? Is he going to be a, a guy that relies on, you know, just working with Anaya Smith, kind of very similar to what you saw with um, Kellen Mom with Jamon Osmond for a little bit? Is he just going to rely on one target, boom, 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 move the ball that way? Or, and it's a big or, or is he going to be able to extend plays deep downfield to where that short game is basically all but a mute? So that's another thing you have to hold up for. The run game is going to be stable, no matter who it is. Devon A-Chain, Isaiah Spiller, Anaya Smith, LJ Johnson, Ernest Crownover, DeAndre Jackson, doesn't matter. Whichever running back gets out there, they are going to make an impact in some capacity, and they're going to be able to run because the offensive line has done enough in run blocking to show they are talented. You had two running backs last week finished with over 100 yards, each scoring um, one scoring two touchdowns, Spiller averaging, I think it was 5.3 yards per carry. So again, they're constantly moving the ball. It's a good sign for them because it's a Pac-12 defense that is a little weak at the defensive line spot, very strong at the linebacker spot, very inconsistent on the secondary. So those are some things you got to work at. If you are able to have a stable run game, I think you will be fine. Now, here's the spread. It's minus 17 and a half. So these are, this is brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline gives you the best bets every single day. Minus 17 and a half is the odds. That's that's a lot. That That's a lot with the altitude. That's a lot for a road game. That's a lot for a team that I feel is going to have some mishaps potentially. I would say right now, you got to take the under. You, 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 you got to take the plus 17. I, I, I think that the, it's just too much. I think A&M can win by about, tw- by about 12, 13, maybe two touchdowns. It, it, 17's a lot. 17 is a lot. I told you last week, take the minus 20. I told you last week, take the minus 28. You did. You listened to me. I, I failed you. I didn't. I, I, I failed you. But I'm telling you right now, I also told you to take the under. I got you safe on that one. So you got to make sure that I, I told you to take the, o, I told you to take the over. I mean, the under. I got you there. This week, it's plus 50. I'm telling you again, take the under. Take the under. King, I still don't know what he's going to be. I know that sounds crazy. I don't. I think that this is a better defense, number one. It's a defense that can also play the pass. It's a defense that can stop the run. And again, King is going to be the deciding factor. He really is. I don't mean to put that much pressure on him, but he is going to be the deciding factor. So when you look at all that, plus 17, take that line, because I think that A&M wins by about 14, maybe 13. That would be it. After that, I think after you look at that, you got to go look at the actual bet. 50 is a lot. 50 still is a lot. So I would say take the under there. Who wins this game? Who actually wins this game straight up? This is an easy one. I, I'm sorry. It is. It's Texas A&M. A&M is a better defensive line. A&M is a better, offen- uh, better offensive line. They have a really good secondary. And if you saw anything, young quarterbacks, they can struggle. 
and in altitude, they can really struggle. You're now getting probably Miles Jones back. You saw a really good game last week from Brian George as your number three. Antonio Johnson played really well. Deuce Harmon came in and played really well. Leon O'Neal is fantastic. He is going to get, I think, his third interception of the young season already. Damani Richardson can do a lot in coverage. I actually have undersold him playing just that box role. I'm very interested to see how the linebacker play looks. I'm very interested to see who steps up as that thumper role. Will it be Cooper? Will it be Hansford? Will it be Andre White? One of these three have got to step up. They've got to be able to play the run. The other one has got to be able to play in space. I take all of that. I put it together in my little pocketbook. I say AM wins 38. I say Colorado loses by loses 17. 38 17 is the line. So 38. Let's just do the math. No, 34. 34. My bad. 34 17. 34 17. So 17, 24, 34. Yep. They don't cover. They they the line. I just think Texas AM beats the line. And it's under 50. So they have it. 34 7 is my score prediction. AM starts the year off 2 0. And I actually think, depending on how Ohio State looks, you could actually be back in the playoff conversation with three SEC teams in the playoff conversation. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. Name right down there below. And make sure you're following us at Locked on Aggies. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast listening systems. iTunes, Spotify, listen on LockedOnPodcast.com. I'll be back on Monday to break down everything Jimbo Fisher said at the press conference after the game. The highs, the lows, the winners, the losers, everything and much, much more. Talking to AM. See you then. And remember, give me all. This has been Locked on Aggies. Presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.